0: radio network i'm susan littlefield as we broadcast from commodity classic and it's extra bonus special when i get to say my commodity person sitting right next to me here at the show we're going to take a look at the flatness that we saw within the market trade also the fact that we're here at commodity classic i'm curious what folks are telling arlen suderman as they stop by their booth we'll also look at some update on producer surveys and what's happening on the protein side as i mentioned it's arlen suderman today with stone x and Let's talk about the fact that Commodity Classic is underway. Almost 11,000 folks are registered for this convention taking place here in Houston. Are they bending your ear a little bit? Or are they asking specific questions as they stop by your guys' booth? And hopefully the ear bending's not too bad.
1: Yeah, they definitely are bending my ear. And uh, it, it's really a, a pretty good atmosphere here. A lot of people, I think it's the biggest crowd we've had sometime pre-COVID, Uh, people anxious to come back to Commodity Classic after COVID had hurt attendance. And even last year in New Orleans, there were restrictions due to COVID that I think a lot of farmers shied away from, and those are all gone now. And they're here, and they're enjoying themselves, even with the low grain prices. But when they come to the booth and they talk, um, they all have the same story. I wish I would have sold more. What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to get a bounce? How much of a bounce can we get? Uh, where are we going to go from here? A lot of questions about South America uh, Brazilian production, etc so there 's a lot of concerns the concerns are really elevated this year
0: you don 't have the crystal ball ready to go to be able to answer some of those questions, but we did see a drop in today 's markets We just kind of had that flat feel to them
1: it did, and I guess after we 've been falling so far, flat can be good from that standpoint now, the markets are oversold and and they 're due for a bounce um, when they 're when they're oversold, they need to correct. They can do that by bouncing or they can do that by trading sideways for a period of time. So our, our role is to try to discern, is this a sideways consolidation or is this a bottoming action? And, and I could say that we don't know yet at this point. Um, it feels like it wants to make a bottom, but that doesn't mean that we have. We've been here before. Um, I think corn may have a better opportunity perhaps than beans in the near term. And for most farmers, they say, well, that's good because I have more corn to sell than I do beans. That's also one of the problems because the Brazilian farmer is in even a bigger mess than what you are, uh, so to speak, from from when we talk to them, uh, because they're way behind in their pricing. But with corn, I say that because we have the winter corn crop in Brazil, which has higher risks doesn't mean it'll happen but higher risks of weather problems here as we get into late march into april based on what the weather models are currently saying and uh, then we'll see if that can give us a bounce and of course at the end of march we have the quarterly um, stocks reports and the planning intentions reports
0: a lot of things that are being thrown at these guys let's throw in the fact that the dollar um, saw an uptick again today
1: yeah, and that strong dollar is a problem. It does keep us as a residual supplier of the world. We're able to do good business with Mexico because we have a freight advantage. But beyond that, it's, it's a lot tougher to compete in a lot of our traditional markets because of the strength of the dollar. And that's an ongoing problem.
0: What are you hearing when it comes to South American weather and where the rat harvest is? They get closer to wrapping up and then obviously that's the Freena corn crop.
1: Yeah, the harvest progress is going pretty much according to plan as they're approaching the midway. Now, you look at Meta Grasso, where they plant the, the winter corn crop. Um, they're much further along there. The bulk of the soybeans crop is harvested. The bulk of the corn is planted. Meta Grasso specifically, they want to be 90%, 95% planted of that winter corn crop, meaning harvest the soybeans and put in the corn right behind it uh, by the end of this week. And they're basically should be there. Uh, we'll get updated numbers tomorrow and where they're at, but I anticipate it's going to show that they're there.
0: Are we kind of, I mean, I looked at those export numbers that came out today, and we seem to be somewhat holding our own, but there's definitely room for improvement.
1: Soymeal export sales are really good, um, and that's because Argentina still hasn't harvested their crop, and they don't have many supplies to grind in on the export market. Milo sales are really good. That's because China continues to buy. And people think, well, maybe that'll be good for corn. But China's buying their corn from Ukraine right now and some from Brazil. And they're frankly buying up and building the reserves of all the basic commodities right now. It feels like they're preparing for something. Um, but Milo and Soy Mill is about it. And their other numbers are really disappointing.
0: What about the, the Russian wheat dump that we keep hearing talks about?
1: Yeah, uh, we're even, you know, they want to have a record export uh, year because they want to generate revenue for their war effort and they've got a lot to sell they've had a couple of good crops now and they're coming up on their next harvest and so the price ski keeps getting lower and lower and ultimately that sets our price
0: i know it's not outnumbered yet but you will be releasing some numbers as you talk to customers
1: yeah our, our a monthly customer production survey out of brazil should be out tomorrow morning Um, And I talked to our people earlier this week, and I expected them to say, yeah, it'll probably drop some more. And they said, we haven't seen the numbers yet, but we've been hearing more and more reports of better than expected yields. So that really piqued my interest.
0: I'm wondering, too, because we've heard a lot of talk about Acre numbers, and maybe numbers not fully being reported, and that could kind of skew a little bit as you guys look at this number.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Some of the satellite data out of Brazil, and it's not exact science, but it's seeming to indicate that maybe the expansion of soybean acres in recent years has been faster than what we previously thought, and there's more acres planted than what we previously thought. And if so, that helps make up for some lost production due to low yields.
0: You haven't seen any pictures or any discussions on, on Twitter that are now called X at this point?
1: Uh, no, no, certainly not, And uh, but I do think it may be part of the reason why USDA's estimate didn't fall further than what it did in the last report. Right,
0: we'll stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as you get ready here for the second half of the channel, Final Bell. We're broadcasting, of course, from Commodity Classic, which is underway in Houston, Texas. Speaking about Texas, I know we've been sharing this with you guys throughout the day, over 850,000 acres in Texas. Between Texas and Oklahoma, it's over a million acres now plus all the acres that are burning in the western part of Nebraska. Lots of thoughts and prayers go out to all that have been hurt by these wildfires. But if you're wanting to reach out, we've had some folks asking. If you want to help the folks in Texas, it's TCFA.org. More is coming up. It's the channel final bell.
1: Product placement is something we're proud of at the Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Here's Channel Seed pro Grant Bailey from Norton, Kansas get down to the small areas you know of of where these products need to be placed and picked in and i feel like that's been a very strong point of channel is we have a good group of leadership that chooses the right products for the right area not just a broad one-size-fits-all rise to the challenge this season with enhanced channel seed brand Read and follow pesticide label directions irm grain marketing and other stewardship practices
0: Welcome back once again to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation today with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex and spending the couple of days that we are in Houston. And um, we were talking, Arlen, before we went to break about, and I mentioned about the fires and obviously the, the help that's there. And I, I brought up a question because it was something we were talking about here in the media room was, you know, as these fires move through, we don't know all the numbers. I mean, we know acre-wise, and you did the math which just was kind of uh, mind-blowing when you looked at the math to that. But we don't know the extent of what the damage is going to be um, any effect at all to to the wheat crops, to those fields they haven't planted yet, to livestock. But again, I'm sure it's maybe sitting there in the back of the minds as these brokers as they look and see how the markets are trading.
1: Yeah, just it's, it's a tragedy is what it is. It's hard to put words to it. And, you know, from what we've been reports we've been getting from customers down there and stuff between Texas and Oklahoma area, uh, about a million acres burned and uh, fast. I mean, just comes fast and you barely have time to get out of the way and find an escape route. A million acres, that's 1,543 square miles. Um, compare that to like the state size of the state of Maine. Um, and so th- th- not just the livestock lost, but you think about all the homes that have been lost. And usually the fire departments are gonna try to save towns versus an individual home all the outbuildings, all the equipment, all all the farm equipment, all the ranching equipment, all the fences that have to be rebuilt. And I think that's probably a big reason why we've seen some pressure this week on the feeder cattle market, um, trying to, you know, just move those cattle to the market um, because it's going to take a long time to get fence back up and get equipment, get the feed and everything needed. It's uh, just a real human tragedy How quickly lives can be changed in the prairie. And That's the way it's been for hundreds, if not thousands, of years in the prairie. Um, But when we domesticate it, it you know it's uh, a more real impact on our economy than what it was in the prairies when it was just bands of buffalo.
0: All right. And again, if you want to help, it's TCFa.org for those folks here in Texas. Um, Since we're talking weather. um, in our neck of the woods, Kansas, Nebraska, we're looking at about five weeks till we could see planters rolling in earnest um, at the earliest. Um, and somebody was asking, is this going to be a really strong weather-related market this year, knowing the global pressures that are on?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I talked to one guy toward the southern part of the Midwest that his beans are, he already had some beans in the ground. Um, and uh talked to another guy with the, the crop service there, and he says, You know, I hope it does turn wet soon to slow them down because they're actively putting on anhydrous right now and just need to slow them down. Once that first planter goes down the road, all the neighbors get excited and they've got to be out there too. And let's cool down because a lot of times we get this type of a year and it's warm and we get excited when we go out and then we get a cold snap come through. And uh, so that's concern, that's also tightening up the supplies of fertilizer, trying to get enough up here because we're early and we hadn't really had a chance to restock after the big fall that we had applying fertilizer. Um, and, and as we talk about the, the planting intentions coming up, I think the big question is we've got a lot of farmers now in the Midwest who are planting their beans first. That's a flip from what it was traditionally because we're seeing more of a bump in yields in beans when we can plant them early than corn and that means that if it's going in well then maybe they just keep planting a little bit more beans and a little less corn and frankly that's what the corn balance sheet needs is uh, less corn acres this year so we'll see how that kind of plays out
0: look at the livestock side a little bit more let's talk about the the feeder cattle corn spread that you're seeing
1: yeah a feed is cheap and particularly in the texas oklahoma panhandles now have the ability to that feeder cattle may be tough now. So we're seeing them go into the feedlots, and we're seeing them put more weight on. From, from a corn price standpoint, that's good. Cheap prices generate demand, and that's one of the ways we're doing it. Also, as we look at and, and feeding those cattle longer, and as we look at ethanol, it's been helping support the ethanol grinds. As I look at year-to-date corn use for ethanol, it exceeds that seasonal pace needed to hit USDA's target right now by almost 100 million bushels. So I expect USDA is going to be bumping that up. So my ending stock's estimate is now working its way closer to 2 billion bushels. That's better than 2.2 billion. It's still about 500 million too high. But if we don't lose some corn acres, we could still be looking at 2.4 to 2.5 this next year if we have normal weather on both sides of the equator.
0: And finally, your thoughts on this cash movement today for the cattle?
1: Yeah, 183 in the north today follows 183 in the south yesterday. Uh, The Packers have been slowing the chain speed, but uh, that hasn't been enough to kill the cash market. It's still moving.
0: All right. What's your one takeaway? I mean, you're here at Commodity Classic. What's the one thing we need to be thinking about as we head into a Friday trade and hard to believe the first of March?
1: Yeah. Don't be discouraged. Hit a few singles to get your attitude back around on your marketing.
0: Good advice. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen?
1: StoneX.com. Over on Twitter, ArlenFF101.
0: All right, that is today's channel final bell as we broadcast from Commodity Classic, which continues through this weekend in Houston, Texas. Again, to talk TCFA.org. If you have fencing or hay supplies, feed supplies, uh, go to that website. They'll give you more information as those fires continue to burn. And as soon as we get information for the folks in western Nebraska, we will pass that along as well. Commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the channel final bell brought to you by Channel Seed and the Channel Seed Professional on the Rural Radio Network.